You're a hard habit to break. You're a hard habit to break. Or make. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. Hey, hey, welcome back, y'all. Uh, how's your New Year's wrapping up? Meaning the month of January. I heard someone say this morning that they actually like January 31st because it sort of means, okay, we got through that. We have hopscotched right over and into the new year and we're on a roll now. Here we go. There's some clarity in that. If you were with me last week, you know that my new year brought some contemplation. I I know along with everyone. And uh, actually prior to the new year, I just was in a place um, as I was sharing where um, mm, I knew that that I wanted change. And I, I, is that a mystery? I, um, I think that I have been on a course of change uh, since, oh, 2007. And I can say that with a date in my mind, because that's the year that my first husband passed away. And, uh, you know, if anything's going to uproot or knock you off your tracks into the realm of, um, change be happening, it's, uh, the death of someone dear, Um, But I was already in pursuit of some change. I was um, at an all-time high in my weight, Uh, not quite at 400 pounds. I'm not totally sure how close I got, but I'm going to guess it was, uh, you know, within a 10-pound range or so. The last time I think that I weighed on something that did weigh me because I'm, I'm, I'm not being funny. Some scales just don't go beyond 350. I think it was, um, it was 280, 285. You know, it could have been as, as, as little, <laughs> could have been as slight as 370. But uh, anyway, I had picked up a book um, that was uh, on my mother's coffee table called the anatomy of a food addiction and you know she was looking at her own life and I I think that I've shared with you in previous episodes that addiction you know is we're pretty steeped in it in my family both sides actually and uh, alcoholism for the most part but some drug addiction and then um, the way that my addiction uh, lived out was um, through food which interestingly enough, if you are dealing with an addiction, a food addiction in particular, um, the book, The Anatomy of a Food Addiction is just amazing. Um, Just upon cracking it open, I immediately identified. And then that started this process as I have shared in a book that I have written called If These Stretch Marks Could Talk. Uh, It started a process of me taking a little snag in my proverbial sweater. You guys know I love to speak in metaphor 
And so I see things in that way and I learn things in that way. I receive things, communications in that way really well. Um, but I pulled, I tugged on that snag. And if you've ever done that, um, with any, you know, sweater or an effort or, or, um, unwrap that begins an unraveling, you, you can either stop right there and it stops the unraveling or, uh, you can keep pulling and you may be left with no sweater. Uh, you might be exposed. And I think over the years, that's exactly what I did. I, I pulled enough to go, whoa, 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 whoa. And I knew that I needed to seek change. But change, as an old song I once knew, says, change don't come easy sometimes. Um, but uh, I... I'm still in the pursuit of it. And, you know, maybe we all will always be. I think I, I addressed that last week that as long as we're um, living and breathing and have the capacity to pursue it, change is um, our partner on this journey. And anyway, I, I've been finding that though I've been making some changes that um, – not, not unlike another metaphor, let me metaphor you to death, um, that I shared when I started this podcast coming up on three years ago. What? It's so crazy and so cool, uh, that I would, uh, get to the end of the diving board and hesitate and go back. And that it's similar. And let, let's just try this one more time. Let me and get there. And, uh, it's a similar process that I think I've been through in the change, except that I'm rounding the bend and I make a decision. I'll go around one more time or I, whether, whether I'm consciously making a decision or not, I think that my behaviors say that I've made a decision. So um, in the new year, uh, through just my pursuit of God and um, prayer and uh, putting myself in a spot to, to really look at me 360 degrees around, I knew that seeking change, just kind of an intellectual gut thing. I really, nothing that I'd read at the moment. I knew that it would mean that I would need to change my habits, that there were things that I was, there are things that I am doing that perpetuate where I'm at or things that I am not doing that are perpetuating where I'm at. And if I'm seeking change, it would stand to reason that some of that would need to, um, to be given a look at. Well, lo and behold, as I shared last week, I had a friend reach out to me about an author that he had been following, Gretchen Rubin, and a podcaster. And um, she's a New York Times bestseller. I think she hit the scene with the happiness project. And then there were subsequent books that came from that. Um, all of that to say there was a language in um, her sharing that I resonated with, maybe because it was just different and it wasn't the same old, same old, not that the same old, same old isn't productive uh, for some, but um, it 
it apparently wasn't enough to to move me beyond this well-worn bend circling the bend that I had been making and you know in that small changes and small changes begat small changes begat small changes and you know before you know it there is some change made and I I am seeing change in my life but where there seems to be a rut where I'm not hopping out of the ridge I know that I needed help and then when I uh, was turned on to her she um, has a book called Better Than Before and this phrase had actually even come to me so when um, I saw that she'd written this book. I just thought, okay, that's just a God thing. Not hocus pocusy. I know it might sound that way, but you know, sometimes I feel for me anyway, that, um, because I might question myself when I think God is impressing something on me. He goes ahead and makes it, um, really obvious. <laughs> like, paralleling the title of a book to what I had already been thinking. That's not, that's not coincidence. That's just, let's make this clear, Terry. I'm bringing this person before you because I think that some of what she shares could be helpful. And I had been calling out for help. Um, it, not desperately, but I think the situation is desperate because I didn't want to see another year go with some, um, great understanding. I have great understanding. <laughs> I can explain myself. And I see that one plus one has definitely equaled two. And I get it. I get why I am uh, going around the bend again. And yet, I, I, I am relentless. I won't give up on that. I won't just say, you know, this is just the way it is. This is what I've been doing. And I'm just probably going to keep it up. And, and I, I just didn't feel that that was ever an option. And I still don't. So um, this side of uh, the dirt, I will continue to pursue change. But um, some of you might know the author and the speaker and the... Um, phenomenon in and of, her, of herself, Brene Brown. She has uh, noted that this author and this particular book, Better Than Before, um, with a subtitle, What I Learned About Making and Breaking Habits. She has said that she is a real force for change. And, you know, I do look through those that... Um, give a nod to books. I, I take them seriously if it's somebody that I know and I think, okay, you know, they took the time. She says, Gretchen Rubin's superpower is curiosity. And luckily for us, she's turned her passionate inquiry to the topic of making and mastering habits, weaving together research, unforgettable examples, and her brilliant insight, better than before, is a force for real change. It rearranged what I thought I knew about my habits, and I'm better for it. So it just seemed like the book and the idea and the podcast and this person and her way of communicating 
fell into my lap. But as I said, I'd been praying for that. So it's no surprise. She, um, I like, I, I, I like it when somebody can put something into one sentence <laughs> because I can't, um, I am, what's the word verbose? Um, but she says for good and bad habits are the invisible architecture of daily life. And I mentioned last year, um, excuse me, last year, last week, she did share and I, I, I passed it along that research suggests that about 40% of our behavior is repeated almost daily and mostly in the same context. And, you know, she shares that she wakes up at the same time every day. Now she is someone who is really habit driven. Um, some of us are more so than others, but she wakes up at the same time. She puts her kids to bed at the same time. She likes to kind of eat the same thing. She wears the same things when she works out that there's like a, um, you know, um, a familiarity to the regularity of her, um, her habits. But, um, she I'm trying to find where I'm looking to read because there's so much here. Um, she asked herself this, and this is kind of in the same form that question that I had asked myself or I'd circled into the conversation when I was thinking about where I'm at and the, let me go around the bend one more time. She said this question to herself, why is my life the way it is today? She says, I see that it has been shaped to a great deal by my habits. As architect Christopher Alexander described it, I'm going to read this to you. If I consider my life honestly, I see that it is governed by a certain very small number of patterns of events which I take part in over and over again. Being in bed, having a shower, having breakfast in the kitchen, sitting in my study writing, walking in the garden, cooking and eating our common lunch at my office with my friends, going to the movies, taking my family to eat at a restaurant, having a drink at my friend's house, driving on the freeway, going to bed again. There are a few more, but that's the gist. There are surprisingly few patterns of events in my one person's way of life, perhaps no more than a dozen. Look at your own life and you will find the same. It is shocking at first to see that there are so few patterns of events open to me. Not that I want more of them, but when I see how very few of them there are, I begin to understand what a huge effect these few patterns have on my life, on my capacity to live. If these few patterns are good for me, I can live well. If they are bad for me, I can't. Well, if that doesn't send you off thinking for at least a bit, right? Are you thinking along with me? One of the reasons I've kind of dived into this sharing about the habit search and habit forming and habit breaking um, to bring around change in my life is because I really do like to share information, but I don't necessarily want to share about the best way to fold a paper airplane if not everybody's into folding paper airplanes. 
I mean, you know, I mean, if it interests me, I'm sure there's an audience out there, but I kind of like to take out a big bat. And I, um, I also like to know that I'm not alone. And I think in this place of wanting change and seeking change, I don't know that there are many of us who aren't looking for some change in some way or the other. And I'm going to guess that some struggle less than I do with making changes. And there's probably some that struggle more. But um, when I decided to kind of chew on this for a while and let this be my focus in the podcast, I did it because I didn't want to go this um, road alone necessarily, but I also made some assumptions that I'm not alone um, in the idea that I'm looking for change. And I would like to be better than I was yesterday, as the title of her book suggests. Um, she says something, again, in one sentence that I kind of didn't like because the truth of it was so pungent, but I really did love it because I like when I can't argue something. Because I, I am a debater. I see gray a lot. A lot. I see other sides to the coin. I am very uh, empathetic. Um, so this was something that just was really kind of a fact. In many ways, she softens it by saying that, in many ways, our habits are our destiny. Now, being a person of faith, right away, I thought, well, God makes the calls. But yeah, he doesn't have me responding like a robot in my life. But he can interfere. He can uh, change the course. God can provide opportunity. He can remove obstacles. He can uh, close doors. So um, taking faith into account, that statement comes comes with some modification or at least some um, um, flexibility. But when she says, in many ways, our habits are our destiny, I thought, oh, crap, <laughs> I I need to change my habits. And uh, she'll get into it a little bit more uh, in this particular chapter, but changing habits and making habits um, are really the story of habit forming. There are some things that I need to stop doing that are a habit that prevent me from doing other things that would open up space and room. You know, when she was saying that, um, oh no, I think it was the gentleman that I, that I was, uh, reading from that, the the repeated few habits that I have, you know, that, that really do make up my day. Um, they, the word capacity kind of stuck with me. Let me see if I can find that. I begin to understand what a huge effect these few patterns have on my life, on my capacity to live. And I really feel that my capacity has been diminished from the patterns of and, and habits that I have adopted, uh, and some even is recently in the past season. Um, <clears throat> I've seen some pattern patterns and habits develop um, during the course of the time that I got sick. And, uh, you know, 
yes, we need to heal. Yes, we need to rest. But there were some things that sort of I fell into. And I think that they, I, I would like to know, and I'm not that far in her book to know if she addresses it, but I would like to know if there are flavors or characteristics to groupings of patterns that um, you might fall into one more easily because it has the identity or the um, the markers, if you will, of other patterns that you have fallen into really well. Um, they're, they're akin to uh, DNA patterns have, maybe they have DNA. Um, then she says a very hopeful sentence following that. Um, and changing our habits allows us to alter that destiny. And I was like, oh man, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Because, um, that's hopeful. I love the, I love hope. And I know that, um, being anchored in my faith that, 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 um, hope is a component. And so it doesn't surprise me that I love hope, but I, I, it's also the thing about me that doesn't give up on things easily and doesn't give up on people easily is that I'm hoping for, um, so she's kind of clarified in the early part of this chapter that I've been in that habits and I think that's kind of what I'm saying to us today or to myself or reiterating out loud that habits make it possible for us to change. But how exactly then do we shape our habits? She kind of also, I love this too, um, a routine is a string of habits. And see, that seemed efficient to me, like instead of, I'm going to have another habit and then I have another habit and then I have, but then this, this string, we can put them together and it's my routine. So I might have a routine that's designated to something that, um, is familiar or, or, or a section of my life that I want to see change in. And I just, I don't know. I love that. Um, then she said a ritual is a habit charged with transcendent meaning. Hmm. Like for instance, I was just wondering right now and combing through my memory if there was anything that I could share that was a ritual. And I do now have a ritual of not leaving anything in my sink. I know you've heard me say this before and you're like, get over the sink talk. But I've now I've refined it and it's not even that there's nothing left in there overnight. There's nothing left in there at all ever during the day. If I'm cooking and I'm using a particular knife or I have just um, picked up chopped vegetables with a, with a, bo um, a board or a scraper or I wash it right then. And I put it away. I don't even want it sitting. Now, I might have gone a little overboard on that, but I found peace in that commitment that I don't want to leave something that is important to me till uh, it is important to me, but also gives me something and it's peace, actually. I get a lot of peace from knowing that my kitchen is clean. Um, maybe it's representational of something. Maybe it harkens back to my childhood, which my dad was a bear about the kitchen, but, um, that 
that offers me something that's valuable. She talks about, you know, why is it hard for us to create habits that are we re- of things we really want? We and I know she'll get into some of those because I answers because I don't. They open up these huge um, can of worms for me to just begin to contemplate that. But in in terms of the ritual, I now have a ritual. It's a ritual, and there is transcendent meaning to it that somewhere in me in that one sliver that doesn't mean I practice this at all always but I do use it to refer to and inspire me but that um, leaving something for tomorrow putting it off is kind of saying to me you don't there's nothing urgent about you there's nothing, there's no reason to be urgent in dealing with what you love and what you need and what you want and how you feel. And so it is essentially, it has become a habit almost without thinking. Um, and I think that that's what she indicates a true habit is, is something that relieves us of decision making because we already decided to make it a habit. And in the routine of doing it and the commitment to doing it, we are freed up now of that process of having to decide and having to execute willpower because it has its own motion, I guess, you know, it was kind of a tricky concept for me to get my mind around when she was talking about that. Um, but get the book, grab it, listen to her podcast, because it, it will be helpful. But she goes on to say um, that some people argue that it's unhelpful to label habits as good or bad. So but what she decided to use Um, is the colloquial term good habit for any habit that she wanted to cultivate and bad habit for ones that she wanted to squelch. However, her main focus in this book really was to deeply dive into the methods of habit and change, strategies that we can use to change a habit. Now, she's just talking about changing a habit, but in the same tone, creating a habit. And one of the things that she says, and I may have mentioned this last week, but that she gets into first is the idea of um, knowing ourselves and how we operate because there are tendencies that we bring into this world. Um how how we make it through something what we what's our um template a template um and you can take a quiz um on her website about tendencies and i think i shared them last week actually i i'm not sure if i listed them all but um I am the questioner, surprise, (laughs) but there's a, there's some, um, structure to that, that if I am going to make new habits and change habits, I shouldn't fight who I am. Um, and the template that is in existence on how I live, 
let let me make those changes based on and she helps you break down what that might look like for a questionnaire there's also a rebel I'm a little bit of a rebel and forgive me if I mentioned this last week but the rebel basically says um, I'm not going to respond to outside stimulus and I'm not going to uh, and, and and pressure or suggestion for change and I'm not going to respond to the ones inside either I'm going to rebel um against any kind of nudging I have a little bit of that like if I feel I'm being monitored uh and I'm really keen on picking up when I might be monitored um or manipulated but I will resist that and in the long run it really just hurts me but um anywho I am definitely uh a questioner and if you find that um you know you're one of the other three um, what that does for us is kind of says, well, then why bother thinking this way? You know, a lot of times I think when we read these books that want to help us make changes and address habits and bad habits, it's this one size fits all. And we all know that that's not <laughs> the case. Um, anywho, I, oh, here's a list right here. Um, self-knowledge there is the um, there is the upholder which I'm not meets outer expectations meets inner expectations I mean of course these aren't hard and fast 100% of the time but the essence of it is that if you are an upholder um, you are pretty swift to make, to meet outer expectations, uh, from others of you, um, and your own. Then there is the obliger. I have some behaviors that are the obliger, but I really am not. I think in a dysfunction mode, I am an obliger, but just the real core of who I've learned myself to be, I'm not. But an obliger meets outer expectations and resists inner expectations. Then there's the rebel, as I mentioned. The rebel resists outer expectations and inner expectations. And then the questioner resists outer expectations and meets inner expectations. Um, for myself, I think the resistance of being um, controlled or bossed or feeling that I'm, I think there's a number of reasons or ways that I display that I'm resisting an outer expectation. It could be fear that I'm not going to do it right or do it well. So I decline. Um, it could just be the feeling of don't put pressure on me. Um, and I haven't really yet wrestled with the idea that I meet inner expectations, but I'm going to guess that that has a lot to do also with just satisfying my, um, personal desires, whether they're all healthy or not, I don't know, but I think it's just the pattern or the template, as I said, um, for a way we go about it. But once we can kind of figure out who we are, um, then we know oh, well, there's no sense to, to, to drive in that other lane. It's a, it's kind of um, a waste of time, essentially, because we're beating ourselves up or what have you. Um, 
here's something about questioners. Questioners question all expectations and they respond to an expectation only if they conclude that it makes sense. They're motivated by reason, logic, and fairness. Oh, so me. They wake up and think what needs to get done today and why. They decide for themselves whether a course of action is a good idea and they resist doing anything that seems to lack sound purpose. Yeah. Mm. Essentially, they turn all expectations into inner expectations. Hmm. As one questioner wrote on my blog, I refuse to follow arbitrary rules. I jaywalk as long as there are no cars coming and I'll go through a red light if it's um, the, if it's the middle of the night. Now, see, you know, that's not me. So I don't know what that falls into. And there's no other traffic. Oh, if it's the middle of the night and there's no other traffic in sight. But rules that I find myself in morality, ethics, reason are very compelling. So um, she gives you a little bit of meat to chew on regarding these different tendencies that we lean into when we're trying to live. Uh, ones that have helped us create habits and uh, ones that have and the same tendencies that have kept us from creating habits I don't know what are you thinking uh, I mean this is such a for real place in my life this is um, I don't know maybe I'm risking uh, doing a podcast on it because it is so personal, but I, I do appreciate that I have you along. And if you would like to weigh in on it with me, I would really love it. Again, the book is called Better Than Before, What I Learned About Making and Breaking Habits. And, uh, the New York Times bestseller Gretchen Rubin is the author. If, I was just thinking, that's why I paused. If you should pick up the book, let me know. You can email me at terrysummers at gmail.com. Um, T-E-R-E-Y-S-U-M-M-E-R-S at gmail. And uh, you can also reach out to me on my website, terrysummers.com forward slash podcast. There's opportunities there for you to reach out. But I'm, I'm really being transparent in this podcast. I have other people and things and such that I want to, to bring onto the podcast. But for this season, I do want to commit to this for right now and see what your thoughts are maybe go into the book a little bit um so uh holler at me if you want to take this journey and let's see if we can't bring about some change in 2023 my love to you all thank you for listening and i'll be back next week bye <laughs>